Now on BBC Radio 4, in a new series this week, Dr Mark Lithgow presents five medical images that have changed the world. I guess what I like about it is it looks so ghostly, this image in front of you. It's just this ghostly skeletal hand with kind of a, a, a mist around it. And then this big gold ring on the finger that looks enormous, but obviously wouldn't look that big with the flesh around it. You look at a normal hand, you see the skin, you look at this and you actually see what's inside the body. And what x-rays show us is we are all walking skeletons. It just looks like it's reaching out of some grave or something. It's so ghostly and just must have really blown people's minds at the time. In 1895, Wilhelm Conrad Röntgen, who was a German physicist, made the first ever X-ray of his wife's hand, Bertha. Within days of the discovery, it was on the front cover of newspapers and magazines around the globe. This was an image that changed the world. My name is Dr Mark Lithgow, and I'm director of the Centre for Advanced Biomedical Imaging at University College London. Now, I'm sure you don't need me to tell you that medical imaging has had a profound impact on our health. Yet, well-being aside, these images have had just as much of an impact upon culture as any historic or artistic image. Over the next five days, I want to look at five images that have changed our world. I'll look at some of the most significant techniques in the history of medical imaging, from ultrasound to MRI scans, discovering how the ability to see inside our bodies, right to our broken bones and dividing cells, has significantly changed the way we think about ourselves. But to start with, X-rays. So how did this first ghostly image actually come into existence? Adrian Thomas, founder of the British Society for the History of Radiology. Röntgen's laboratory was actually where he lived. He has a flat above the laboratory. He went and found his wife, took her down to his laboratory and then said, you know, come, my dear, let me, let me take your hand. It's not described how she imagined what would actually happen, but this iconic image was taken. It caused an immediate sensation. In fact, it can be charted quite exactly. It took five days. Tilly Tansey. Professor of the History of Modern Medical Sciences at University College London. Wonken sent his paper to a medical journal to publish. Um, they thought it was so astonishing they didn't wait for the publication date. They published it immediately and the newspaper found it and published it in five days' time. Why did it have such a profound impact? This is just a simple picture of the bones in someone's hand. Well, it's not a simple picture because no-one had seen those in a living body before. Now, of course, yes, people were familiar with bones because of skeletons, but when Berta Ronken saw the image of her hand, that very first image, she actually said, I'm looking at my own death. Bones represented death. They had never been seen in a living body before. With this image, Ronken had discovered a whole new way of seeing the invisible. Overnight, X-rays transformed the public's imagination. Everyone wanted to experience this new way of seeing. 
the public flocked to Bloomingdale's and Macy's department stores in New York City, where X-ray machines were installed and demonstrations were held. I've come to see Katie Maggs, Associate Curator of Medicine at the Science Museum, and we're looking at a very special bit of DIY kit. So what we have in front of us is one of the world's oldest X-ray sets still in existence. If you can imagine a rather sort of lovely coffee table with lots of crazy um, gadgets on top that you might find in an old chemistry class, and then next to it, a lampstand that holds the X-ray tube. I mean, it looks very different from an X-ray machine you'd see today within a, a hospital. It looks very much more like a piece of design furniture. Katie, I'm just amazed that this thing would actually work. I mean, it does look like something out of a sort of Frankenstein's laboratory, <laughs> bringing something to life. But what's amazing about this kit was that, you know, a matter of weeks after the first reports of Röntgen's discovery of X-rays, a father and son team, Russell and John Reynolds, put this equipment together. So if you can imagine, you know, a 15-year-old and their father are doing cutting-edge science. I mean, it's all basically very essential sort of lab equipment that most physics labs would have or people could easily get hold of. I'm sure there's all the electronics magazines where you do put your own kits together for different maybe sound recording equipment like you get today. Back then, this was the sort of cutting-edge physics equipment that you could put together in your own home. I can imagine you get this at home, you put it all together, you press the button, it takes the first X-ray, and then you're wanting to shove everything underneath it. You want to take a picture of, you know, your foot, your arm, your friend's arm, the baby, the cat, the dog... Presumably, that's what people were doing. They were x-raying everything. Well, absolutely. I mean, they'd invite friends round and start, you know, testing it and experimenting. I mean, after that, you know, bit by bit, increasingly, the medical profession take hold of x-rays and eventually the profession of radiology develops. But, you know, initially, very much in the early days, it was amateur experimenters sort of pioneering the technology. I think this is why I think some of the first images were not published in medical journals. They were published in the Journal of Photography, which really reinforces the fact that this was not something that drifted straight into the medical world. This became like the digital camera for us, that everybody could go out there, have a go, and it was felt as safe and fun. Which is terrifying when you think of actually, you know, the hazardous nature of X-rays at the time, so people are getting high doses of X-rays, you know, thinking it's, it's an innocent kind of photography, when actually it's giving them really high doses of ionising radiation. People who used x-rays very, very quickly were getting burns and blisters. The more serious side effects of cancers were found probably within three or four years. That didn't stop them being used, and indeed there are some scandals associated with x-rays that companies knew there were problems and they allowed patients to continue to be x-rayed without alerting them to the dangers. Thomas Edison, of light bulb fame was among the first to commercialise Röntgen's discovery. But all was not as smooth as he might have hoped. In 1904, his assistant, Clarence Darley, had both arms amputated due to severe ulceration in an attempt to save his life. Now, there's an urban myth in my field that describes a radiologist conference in Chicago in 1920 when the delegates couldn't cut into the chicken they were served at a meal because most of them had lost one of their hands. This was the first time that cause and effect in medicine wasn't immediate. With x-rays, damage occurred well after the initial exposure. But in spite of the growing number of reported tragedies, 
X-ray mania was in full flow at the turn of the century, expanding Victorian imagination in art and music and literature. I've just climbed into the home of Adrian Thomas, the founder of the British Society for the History of Radiology. I am surrounded by the most amazing collection of postcards, drawings, diagrams, stamps, journals. This has got to be one of the most amazing collections I've seen of the unseen X-ray. Adrian, could you just talk me through some of this? Because this is a multifarious collection. There's all sorts here. What are these in front of us? It is difficult now to imagine the popular excitement of X-rays. And prior, prior to X-rays being discovered, the only way you saw inside the body was either on the, you know, the dissecting room, the battlefield, or in the operating theatre, and certainly not in the living. And when x-rays were discovered, it became possible to actually see inside the body. And I love these old cartoons from Punch. One of them shows, it's called The March of Science, and shows a rather amusing picture of the chap in his room looking at his door, and the x-rays are looking through the door and actually showing the maid looking through his door through the keyhole. So this is 1896, this is just one year after Röntgen, and it's already got to the stage where people sort of understand it. Not only that, they're, they're having a bit of fun with it at the same time. Yes, in, in terms of popular culture, again, this is a, a song of x-ray waltzes. And on, on the front of it, x-ray waltzes. I never actually played it, but... Again, on the front of it, there's an X-ray tube and a hand being radiographed, and this is a waltz dedicated to X-rays. For a time, in the late 19th century, everybody wanted their own X-ray. What we now think of as strictly a medical procedure became a popular amusement. Royal hands were imaged to show their enormous wedding rings. There was a new vogue for X-ray family portraits. Slot machines had even started to pop up in fairgrounds where couples would pay for a special memento of their affection. Tilly Tansy. Certainly there was a craze in America, the beginning of the 20th century, into the interwar period, where married women would have an image of their hand with their wedding ring on, taken, and then they would send it to their friends to show that, you know, they'd made it, they'd made it as married women. But for some, this romantic moment rather backfired. Adrian Thomas again. Diamonds are pure carbon, and therefore X-rays go straight through them. Glass, particularly glass used in jewellery or, or lead, lead crystal, has got lead in it, and there is opaque to radiographs. And there's a famous story of a lady who went to a fairground. She had her beautiful ring on, uh, which was a diamond ring given to her by her young man. She went to the X-ray booth, had it looked at, and the 
diamonds are completely opaque, <laughs> revealing that the diamonds were in fact paste, wasn't real, and she stormed off you know, cursing and swearing to actually obviously deal with this gentleman as appropriate. But it wasn't only the images of fake wedding rings that caused a scandal. At a time when the sight of a female ankle would make a, a young fella smile, it's not hard to imagine the excitement that x-rays must have caused. With the press of a button, you could not only see through to a lady's underwear, but peer much further inside her body. There were a lot of problems about um, women being x-rayed. There were some companies that actually sold lead-lined underwear because, you know, they said that other men could see what only a woman's husband should be allowed to see. They're almost identical to the concerns one reads about nowadays with um, whole-body scanners at airports, that people are going to be able to look through you and see... See absolutely everything. It's like X-rays are the naughty schoolboy. Whereas MR magnetic resonance is terribly respectable, ultrasound is terribly respectable. Both of those show the body in more detail than X-rays, but X-rays has had this perpetual fascination for people. Partly because it's had a, a bigger impact upon them. Absolutely. Almost everyone will have had an X-ray at some point in their lives. It transformed our whole understanding of the nature of reality, of the physical reality. It transformed our understanding of ourselves. In a recent poll run by London's Science Museum, X-rays were voted the foremost scientific invention ahead of the Apollo space capsule and the discovery of DNA. They are just one example of how biomedical imaging has changed our world. Tomorrow, I'll be looking at the very latest brain scanning technology and I'll explore the impact that these images have had on our view of what it is to be human. Images That Changed the World was presented by Mark Lithgow with musical music performed by Morgan Clark Ward. The producer was Michelle Martin. There are some provocative ideas about feeding the world in the food programme after the news. First, a look ahead to tomorrow morning on Radio 4. Here's Fergal Keane. This week on Taking a Stand, as the international community meets in London to discuss the future of Afghanistan, I'll be talking to a man whose adult life has been spent trying to help bring peace and stability there. Michael Semple started out as an aid worker, later moving on to work for the United Nations and the European Union. But in 2007, he found himself expelled from Afghanistan on the orders of President Karzai's government. Michael Semple's mission to draw moderate Taliban members back into mainstream society led to him being accused of being a spy and a Taliban supporter. Join me, Fergal Keane, for taking a stand tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock, repeated at 9.30 in the evening.